What's up, y'all? This is John and Mike back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. If you're live with us on Millions, I don't know what just happened with the intro video and music not playing um, for whatever reason. But, oh, I lost my train of thought. It was all, all good, right. though. Go back and watch the, the uh, last stream and you'll get the gist of it. Yes. Or check us out on YouTube. Just search us there. You'll find us. Um, We do want to remind you guys before we get started about a couple of things we got going on. Like we've been talking about, BetUS views our link, 125% bonus, 30 risk-free bets. Make some money with us this week. And the second thing we want to remind you about is our ASW giveaway. This is the Hunker Vodka, the official NIL vodka of the Classic City Collective. Made, ASW is made by dogs, founded by dogs. Great company, great people, great product. All you have to do, follow our Twitter, our Instagram, ASW on Instagram. Tag a friend. You're in the running. Mm-hmm. You've got to click three buttons and hit an at. That's it. So get yourself a handle, handle. of that hunker vodka. We'll be pulling names on October 6th. At midnight, I will announce the winner then. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Um, bet us, no, nope, talked about them. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, obviously, we're talking about all the great week. Five games that we've got going on, a lot of ranked matchups. But before we get into that, uh, how's your week been? What are you drinking? Oh, week's been been flying by for the most part. Um, we had a we had a pep rally at school today. There's a it's our middle school's homecoming game, which uh, apparently nobody uh, nobody else in the city does. Um, and I can kind of understand why because my ears are still ringing <laughs> from that. It was six hours later, um, but uh. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, though. Uh, my oldest son, who goes to school with us, was able to get involved in one of the uh, games they were playing. He he didn't win, but he came close. He did uh, the second best of all the sixth graders in that, and he was going against the go. the oak trees or, you know, redwoods or whatever that that we have as eighth graders. So he did he did well there, but came up a little bit short. But um, drinking-wise, I just got a, a diet Arnold Palmer. I am all out of everything, and... If I could find a bottle or a handle of the uh, ASW Hunker whiskey, I would definitely be getting that if I could, if it was near us. I'll be looking for it, though. Yeah, for sure. I think they're going to start distribution here soon as, um, yeah, no, I mean, this Hunker Vodka is brand new, just just released. I think you can only get it at an ASW location right now, but you win the giveaway, you could get it wherever you're at. We will find a way to get it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how about you? How's it going? Um, man, work today was kind of wild. It's, you know, I don't, I don't like to, uh, to talk too highly of myself, but I've been, I've been doing what I do for long enough mm-hmm. that I've got a lot of tricks, and I, I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and it's very rare that I have to dump all of the bags out or all of the tricks out of my bag to get something to work. 
But Dan was one it, of those you did. Damn it, you did it. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. The uh, our customers, our customer sprinkler system is back up and running. But you know, it's kind of one of those days where I'm glad I know what I do. But at the same time, I'd have been home like three hours earlier if I had no clue what I was doing. Ah, see, what we were talking about before. If you have, uh, if people have no no to low expectations of you, you can never let them down. And work is one of the very few places where I have very high expectations. <laughs> and it's because it's because of how good I am at my job. But mm-hmm. got home. Um, man, the county just opened a brand new disc golf course three mm-hmm. minutes from my house. Oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I went and played this afternoon with a bunch of friends. Um Great, great time, great course. Shout out Chatham County for actually doing something in a fairly timely manner. Um, I think it was like February or March when the idea was ever even brought up, and Mike just got on the beach. There we go. I I was trying to change it to something to troll uh, someone, but it did not work. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm just I got Bullard uh, crunching uh, Marvin Harrison still. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, you can still have that because Ohio State's still talking about it. Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go in on uh, Ohio State a little bit more later, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean it. The um, the fact that Chatham County, like this idea, was brought up in February, and they did like a little trial run, small situation over there, and then at the end of September, like there's a full on course. I am shocked that Chatham County actually did something in a timely manner. I was say to move to even move that quickly is not something that I've had experience with in anything in this county. Schools, government, I will say that. that there was a lot of um outside of the county pressure. A uh, good mm-hmm. friend of mine, actually the guy that um that came on for our Peach Bowl preview, Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh he was the one kind of being the facilitator with the county. He doesn't work for the county, but he was like pushing them along and holding their hand to get it up and going. So that was yeah. where yeah. where's that? Um, so if you take a right out of my driveway, just go until you're on the very south end of the island. Okay. Which is which is like a mile and a half. Damn, that's nice. Yeah. Like theoretically, if I got too drunk playing, I could walk. <laughs> I'd probably just call Kelsey, but I could walk. You could, why not? Uh, yeah. No, it's um it's super cool. I'm glad I was able to get out there and play before we recorded tonight, but I am very excited to record this episode. Um do you want to go ahead and get into a little bit of of the Auburn stuff? Yeah, man, let's go. There's a lot to get into. Yeah, I I initially actually intended to not put a whole lot in here. And um, surprise, guys, we don't actually have a guest tonight. We reached out to multiple Auburn writers and, uh, and never heard back. So. Scared. No. It, it just kind of <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. Um, maybe if more of you guys followed us on Twitter, we wouldn't have that problem. But, you know, it is what it is. Um. Not you know, but it's going to change now that we have that contest going. Hopefully, yeah. If you up. want, if you want a handle of Hunker Vodka, follow us on Twitter. It, it's fairly simple. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not difficult. No. Um. So Georgia, 
going to Jordan Hare Stadium as 14 and a half point favorites over under 46 and a half. For this rivalry, obviously the Deep South's oldest rivalry, been going on since what, 1896, 1892, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Um, Georgia has won six in a row and 11 out of the last 13 against Auburn. Georgia also leads the all time series 63, 57, and eight back when they did do ties. Um, I am oh, actually. No. And, and never about- forget. Never forget the first overtime game in SEC history was uh, Georgia and Auburn, and uh, when uh, Uga tried to take a bite out of uh, the Auburn player, and it was in Auburn. Go yes. Um, also, fun fact about that game: the winning quarterback of that was Mike Bobo. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just a little fun fact there. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to know the last or the first time? This game was not played in late October or early December or early November. The last time it was, mm, gosh, was it? Or better yet, better yet, how many times has this game not been played in October or November? I'm only going to, I'm going to go once. Um, Fun fact, this game has never been played. Oh, Okay. The very first game was February of 1892. The weather probably was better for that than it's going to be Saturday. Yeah. This game has been played earlier in the year than October 24th. One time it'll be this Saturday. So this is my um, this is my second annual talk about this. Fuck you, Gus. It's all yeah, your fuck fault. You. Fuck you, Gus. It's all your fault. You weren't going to be there long term anyway. Why didn't you give a shit? Yeah, you were on the hot seat the year after you made it to the title game. Like, <laughs> calm down. Maybe stop trying to make decisions at last generations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this season in particular, Georgia leads pretty much every notable team statistical category between the two. Georgia averages 41.5. Points per game, Auburn is at 32. Georgia averages 496 yards per game, Auburn at 371. The Georgia defense is allowing 11.3 points per game, with the Auburn defense allowing 16 points per game. Um, So, as far as this Georgia team goes, really the only vulnerable spot that I see on the team is uh is a secondary in the passing defense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, got good news for you guys. Real good news. Auburn ranks 112th in passing offense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not great. There's only 133 FBS teams, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, not not good. No, no, that's um, that's below all. average. That's below way below average. Um, let's, uh, let's take, let's take a fun term that our friends Will and Connor over at the Saturday Down South podcast use. That's basura. I don't want to say, cause I don't want to sound like Peggy Hill trying to speak Spanish to. <laughs> to you don't have the Southern accent to sound like Peggy Hill. You're Bas- fine. <laughs> basura. <laughs> so Peyton Thorne. 
Holden Greer and Robbie Ashford combined to go nine for 23 for 56 yards in a 27-10 loss at Texas A&M. That is like Justin Fields' numbers with the Bears this year. That's awful. No, Justin Fields has had better games than that. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, my god! Justin Fields has definitely had better games than that. That's – you know, last year – I've made the joke multiple times. Last year when I was at the Auburn game, like I had a running tally in my head of if he was going to go – like Robbie Asher was going to get close to 50% completion. Mm -hmm. Um. Nine for twenty nine for twenty three is closer to thirty three percent than fifty. That I mean, uh, and then even I mean, talked about it a little bit um, a couple of days ago. But Peyton Thorne, he ain't him. He ain't that guy. No, he is not any form of him. Doesn't even identify as him. Okay, you could combine all three of these quarterbacks and they are not him. No. No. This is I like what would Auburn give to have Bo Nix back? Oh my that's what I was thinking about right now. If <laughs> they would be way better off. I mean, granted, the uh you know, skill position talent isn't, you know, quite there. And it's definitely not what it is at a at a at Oregon, but again, Bo Nix was able to make stuff happen there. I mean, remember, I mean, when he played again, when Bo Nix played against Oregon and uh, Justin Herbert, what in 20, what, 19? 19. He, as a true freshman, he looked good. And it was that team was pretty bare even at that point. So, yeah, man. That's, you know, I would love to find a way to poll Auburn fans and find out what the average person would be willing to give to have Bo Nix back. I wonder if he cursed them on the way out. I know, I know, it's a, a family legacy thing there, but could they come back and point to them running Bo Nix out of town? And I don't know, it turned into something way later down the line, like with the Lions. You know, everything kind of comes back to them uh, with uh, Bobby Lane, the last good quarterback they had before Matt Stafford. I mean, they hadn't won. Any, I mean, they've won one playoff game in sixties uh, since like nineteen fifty seven or whatever. So it's a uh, Curse of Bobby Lane there. Maybe there's going to be a curse of Bo Nix, at least at the quarterback position at Auburn. Maybe. So Auburn does rank 17th in passing defense, although they do not do well in stopping the run, coming in at 72nd in the country. So bottom half there. Well, and you got to look at with the like who who has Auburn played so far this year? Obviously, Texas AM, uh, Connor Wigman's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't know if yep. you saw that. But Texas A&M quarterback getting getting uh, injured and sat for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen that story except for the last two seasons. No, <laughs> and what they played uh they played uh, uh Cal at Cal and they didn't look good there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't put much stock into that those passing numbers. They really have not played anybody that has a pulse. Uh, yep. at quarterback at least. So, yeah. And um, allowing 134 rushing yards per game, and their schedule has consisted of two Power 5 teams and Cal, who was only admitted to the ACC due to academic purposes, 
and Texas A&M without their starting quarterback in the threat of a passing game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw last week that Auburn's defense does not do very well when quarterbacks are able to move the pocket. That's essentially all Max Johnson could do was roll out and throw passes. So I not only expect to see, but I really hope to see an emphasis early on the run game, Mm -hmm. like pound it early. Even if you get a couple of three and outs on your first couple of drives, like put an emphasis on running the ball so you can get those play action shots off of that because they're going to have to bring the safeties down to stop the run game. Mm -hmm. And I want to see so many bootlegs. Yes. Like, I want it to feel like I'm walking into a Cavender's with all the bootlegs I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, you can go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was was, I no, I agree with that 100%. We need, just need to get it going. You got to impose your will. And I don't even care if they succeed at imposing their will, but you bring those safeties down, you roll Carson out of the pocket, and, um... It looks like Ladd is going to be a go for Saturday. Let's go. Let's go. And you know what Ladd loves to do at Jordan-Hare Stadium? Embarrass the uh, War Eagle Tigers. Uh, Big touchdowns. Yes. He loves big touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He he likes to be able to catch the ball at the 20 and walk in because there ain't nobody close to him. Yep. And if you get those safeties to bite hard on a play action – or a bootleg, Ladd or Arian or Makai Muse is going to be open all the way down the field. Man, I, this this is going to be the healthiest that uh, wide receiver room has looked all year. And then obviously Brock is still there if they're putting an emphasis on getting him the ball as well. Like I, I feel much better going into this game this week than maybe you know after, uh, especially after the South Carolina game. I feel I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. You know when I would feel a lot a lot better about this game? What's up? Week before Thanksgiving. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be sweating watching this game. No! No! <sighs> yeah, it's um, still ridic- ridiculous, but yeah, we've we beat that horse to death. No, no. We beat it to death. We need to beat the dead horse. <laughs> Somebody call Gus. They, and just yeah. live stream this podcast to him mm-hmm. where we're talking about how awful he is for complaining to the point that a game that's been played longer than his grandparents have been alive moved to not just 30 days before, but 40 plus days before it has been played since 1894. That was the first time it was played in November. And since 1894, it's been played the earliest it's been played is October 24th. Last year, it was still played in October. Barely, but yeah. Barely. Yeah. It was still played in October. But thanks to Gus complaining, we get the Deep South's oldest rivalry in September. Yeah. And it's and not not to mention, this is only our second SEC game of the year. Second. Second. It's disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, before we get to the rest of that stuff, I did want to point this out when you're talking about, um, I know we're going to get into Mike Bobo and stuff like that in a little bit here, but, um, I sent this in the group chat before, but 
you know, uh, yesterday, or not yesterday, but uh, on uh, on Monday we, when we were talking about the offense and comparing it to 2022 or 2021, or no, I guess it was 2022. Um, do you know how crazy comparable that Stetson's stats were to Carson's through the first four games? Almost identical, wasn't it? it yeah. So, like, Stetson Bennett has, uh, through his first four games in 2022, granted they played a little bit stiffer competition because you had Oregon and South Carolina in their – as was well, Oregon but, stiffer competition because they blew the shit out of Oregon too? Yeah, but, but I mean, just by name at least. I mean, they're Oregon's a way better team now, but I mean, they still had Bo Nix at that point. We wanted him to be a Heisman, uh, or at least go to New York last year. But uh, so Stetson Bennett for the first four games last year, ninety-two of one twenty-four for uh, one thousand two hundred twenty-four yards and five touchdowns through the air. Carson Beck through his first four games. 93 completions, just one more, although he's passed a few more times. Uh, 93 of 128 for 1,184 yards and six touchdowns. And he has a couple running as well, like Stetson did as well. But it's the same thing. Essentially the same. Almost identical. Mm -hmm. Um, before Before we get into the stuff that we would like to see in this game, I did pull up uh, Kirby's quote as of yesterday um about the injuries so mm-hmm. he did not commit to a status for michael williams or javon bullard for the game um he said those guys are probably going to be really close kendall is also going to be really close to being ready um uh, okay michael and javon both did scout team work they both ran on the sideline he said they both looked better, but he was going to look more at it during the uh, the coaches' tape-watching period, and uh, and same with Ladd, but that was as of yesterday. There were reports today that said Ladd was probable for the game. Awesome. That's what we're talking about right there. Okay. What did you yeah. say about Bullard? Um, he's kind of in the same holding pattern as, as Michael that Kirby didn't want to commit to anything, but he said they look better. Um, okay. Because, you know, hold on. We got something else to talk about before we get into what we want to see in the game. You good? Yeah, no, it just, it sounded like someone was going to fall through my ceiling. Oh. Oh. They're good, I think. Okay. See. No no blood dripping from the ceiling yet? <laughs> uh not yet. That's usually later in the week. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh I mean we are coming up to a Friday the thirteenth here in a few weeks. So you never Ooh, know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Spooky season. You know, I've gotten into two car accidents on Friday the thirteenth. Ew. <laughs> of course. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's like I'm. I'm superstitious. I don't really care about Friday the Thirteenth. But a, a couple years ago, I looked back and I was like, "Man, I had two car accidents where I almost died on Friday the Thirteenth. Like, mm. maybe, maybe there's something to it." Yeah, definitely take maybe. that off. Take that off in a couple of weeks, or at least <laughs> walk news. to wherever you need to go. Oh yeah, I don't Fri- work Fridays. There you go. There we go. Um. So you put this in here, so I'll let you take this one. Uh, so 
Is this a, uh, a revenge game for Mike Bobo against Auburn? I think it very well could be. Um, mm-hmm. I think a big part of why he did not do well under Brian Harson is because Brian Harson's an, uh, an offensive guy. Yeah. And wanted to have his hands into that pot more. But mm-hmm. if they come out like they did last week and have those different look plays – actually look like they know how to do something other than throw a ball behind the line of scrimmage. I, man, I could truly see Georgia putting up, I mean, I really think 48 to 56 points is not unrealistic for this game. Yeah. I'm with you. I I, I don't, I don't know if I'm sure there's not really any, you know, goodwill between Hugh Freeze and Kirby Smart, so it's not going to be one of those situations where he's going to lay it off if uh, if they're rolling. He's going to want to I make mean, a Hugh, The dumbest Kirby Smart's defense looked at Alabama was those two years against yeah. Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to want to take that for granted. He, I mean, granted, they're not playing the same offense. that he, They don't have Swag Kelly over there. Swag Kelly's not walking through the doors in, uh, in Aub- or at Auburn. So, And if he did, he'd probably get carried out in handcuffs. It's his history at uh, yes school zone. You can't have an AK forty seven there. Everyone knows that. Well, I was more talking about fighting. Um, oh, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ways you can go with uh, swag, but yeah. All right. So I don't remember who exactly sent it to me. I think it was you. Yeah. But yeah. the Hugh Freeze baptism thing. <laughs> what? Okay, so. Apparently, this was, I mean, this happened a couple weeks ago. I think it was uh, the begin, like probably week two uh, ish uh, for them. Like uh, September 12th is when I, when the first posts were, were with it. But um, I think it was a student organization at Auburn. I don't know the name of it. I didn't really look too deep into it. Um, but they had, you know, a thing at the basketball arena. And then they went out to, I guess it's the river or the lake over there at Auburn. And they, they baptized over 100 different, you know, kids there. So they were like, basketball players, football players, and just, you know, others that wanted to do that. But Hugh Freeze got in the water and helped baptize one of one of the football players. I can't remember who. I think it was a safety. I can't remember his name. I, I could always go back and look real quick. But that that guy. And, and so first and foremost, I do want to say that, you know, good on these kids for getting baptized. Yeah, good on absolutely. them for finding religion you know, believing in a higher power, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Hugh Freeze is not the guy to do it. He's not the guy to lead you to uh, the promised land or to uh, any the promised land in his eye is burner phones and strippers. Mm-hmm. It, it as it's we incredible. saw a few yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, we remember how how tone deaf he was before. Didn't he have some issue at Liberty as well? Like it wasn't. I don't, I don't it was something where was. he like tried to have inappropriate contact with a staffer or something, but nothing ever came of it. Yeah. And he just like poo pooed it or like, yeah, he just kind of brushed it off. Like it was nothing. didn't apologize. And, and, or even in his, or I should say in his apology, it was a non-apology and made it worse. Um, yeah. He's very spatial awareness, uh, um, tone deaf. I mean, whatever you want to say about him or he's, you know, not very self-aware is what I'm trying to get at. Um, that is him and, and having him be the person that baptizes you seems like you could have done a lot better, especially in the Bible belt that we're in. Yeah. No, I mean, this is guy that's been followed by controversy for inappropriate activity 
at his last two head coaching stops, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. He got fired from Ole Miss with calls, caused them to be in a bowl ban and almost the death sentence with college football because of the craziness he was doing with all sorts of uh, scandalous females in Oxford, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Then he had that inappropriate contact with the staffer at Liberty, which was just two years ago. And then the University of Auburn has a – I don't even know – the. They go on a witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, they do. With Brian Harson to find anything not not above board in his life to fire him for. Find nothing. Make wild accusations. Try and ruin this man's family. Find nothing. And then they hire a guy that is known to just be an awful person when it comes to women talk about family then he goes out and baptizes some people you want to talk about self-righteous and unaware like i don't care how good of a football coach you are to have your history and then auburn to come in like oh yeah we're a family we like to have people that do the right thing then why the hell did you hire a few priests dude why? i so i just I, I pulled it up you know what you know what his situation was at liberty it was, it was in 2015 so it's a little bit further back than uh that I had even realized it was. It's literally he was coaching at Ole Miss in 2015. Oh no, she was. Oh, I'm sorry. She was uh, Liberty's uh, 2015 senior class president. I'm sorry. It was okay. 20, 2022. My bad. I, I was looking at the wrong date. The last. It year. is. It is literally the same thing that Mel Tucker did. So yeah, it's the same thing. And they have the DMs. To, she has the DMs to prove it. So it says yeah. Um. Uh, she describes herself as you know, okay, the pre- class president, sexual assault victim, outed uh, freezes alleged DMs to her very public Twitter thread. Um, uh, she said, why is the head of coach at Liberty University DMing me during and after my lawsuit with uh, Liberty at almost midnight? Oh, I think oh, I think part of it was like she, she he was uh, trying to say, like, you are making sh- shit up or whatever. But, she's you know, she was adamant about, you know, her experience and everything as, you know, she should be. But. Um, he, the head coach is DMing a public rape victim, someone who went through a lawsuit with Liberty, um, in, you know, trying to defame her or whatever, um, while he was still working there. So, yeah, yeah. You know what? This is one of those situations where you look at Michigan state and say, you did the right thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You did the right thing. You turn around and look at Auburn, ironically, where Michigan state's quarterback went this off season and say, what the hell are you doing mm-hmm. with everything that we just talked about? And then Hugh Freeze has the lack of self-awareness to just be like, you know what? I feel like I need to be at this stadium church service and then go baptize some people. Right. It's what? incredible. Grant, okay, so he wasn't hitting on her, but he was basically just like, just kind of just criticize, really going at her. And again, very, very toned and, up. Not, it was awful. Bad. You know, I, I'm as far as Liberty goes, it's a private university, mm-hmm. but they put out Joel Osteen wannabes. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is the West Point for people. Like it's, it's the Christian West Point. It puts out people that are super high and mighty, think they know what they're doing, but in reality, all they do is tell, tell you what somebody else told them and have no clue what they're actually talking about. Yeah. It, and then 
they hired Hugh Freeze as part of his redemption arc where he managed to go right back under in the middle of it and then get hired by university that tried to find a scapegoat for their last head coach just because they didn't like him. Yeah. Like, shame on Auburn. Shame on Hugh Freeze for thinking that it was a good idea for him to go out and baptize some people. Like, maybe wash your own hands before you try and wash someone else's soul. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Instead of having blood, poop, and mud all over yourself and trying to help somebody else. Yeah. Like maybe maybe fix yourself. Just maybe. Yeah. I, I'm honestly surprised they didn't go after uh, Urban Meyer if they're going to get, you know, an uh, awful human being as a uh, head coach. At least he's actually won stuff. All Auburn cares about is beating Alabama, and Hugh Freeze has done that. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted a head coach that could beat Alabama every few years, they should have just kept Gus Malzahn because he did it more than any other head coach in the SEC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Auburn, not very intelligent, not going to win this football game. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and give you my pick here. Okay. Georgia covers the 14 and a half. The over hits. Oh. And this is an embarrassment for the University of Auburn, just like their head coach. Yeah. I – I'm with you 100 on that. I didn't. I didn't. I tried not to look at your picks beforehand. I'm with you fully on that. I think this is going to be a beatdown. Like this is the again. I feel this is the most confident I've been about them, about a uh, Georgia and the spread in a while. Um, at least yeah, I'm, at least this season. Me, you're giving me 14 and a half points mm-hmm. against a team that only scored 14 against Cal. Yeah. Well, the, I will say um, since I originally wrote this down, the uh, the point. The uh the total went down a point. Or uh, So you're giving me 45 and a half? No, no, no. It's 46 and a half right now, but it was at I think it was at 47 or 47 and a half before. Oh, I think the I think the total for this game is closer to like 55, 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel comfortable with that as well. Um, we've already given our picks, but what are some things that you would like to see in the game? Um again, I want to see a more Consistent pass rush again is considering how bad these quarterbacks are uh, for Auburn. I think that's something that's definitely doable. They again, we talked about before, they trotted out three quarterbacks out there, none of them did uh, squat for them. So I think that will, you know, it did, you know, fix any kind of like statistical woes that they may have that way. Which again, the defense hasn't playing the they haven't been playing god awful, they have been getting better, although they did allow 21 last week. But you know, we talked, we talked about that a little bit a few days ago, but um, that. And I do want to see, you know, the running back room do some uh, Dejon Edwards. I want him to go over 100 yards. I want him to, you know, assert dominance. I just, I want this to be a beatdown. I want no, I all the people that are talking about Georgia not being the number one team in the country, um, you know, arguing for. I think some uh, Josh Pate put Ohio State at number one, at least in his rankings. I don't get it. I want to put that. I want to put that to bed. I want. I just want to put it to bed. I want I want a, a dominating game on all side, every side of the ball, offense, defense, special teams, all that. Leave no doubt. Yeah, no, I I agree. I will say that I actually agree with Josh Payne on most things, so I'm not going to say anything poorly about him here. Yeah, no, me too. Um, but that one that one was eyebrow raising. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, biggest thing I want to see. The offensive line 
be able to protect Carson Beck mm-hmm. long enough to get some of these deep shots because Auburn's defensive line, not good. I would say, honestly, below average. You should be able – I mean, they have a great linebacker. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, Asante Samuel? Is that his last name? Is it his son? Because – no. No, I, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. Asante something. Yeah. Asante Edwards. That sounds – Yeah, that's, yeah I think that's real. Edwards. Um, Asante Edwards, phenomenal linebacker. Possibly one of the top five inside linebackers – in the SEC this year, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's the only person they have on defense. So, if you're able to protect Carson Beck, you can get some of these downfield shots. I really want to see Mike Bobo put an emphasis on running to the outside to yeah. attempt to negate Asante Edwards and then bootleg passes. Even if you have to bring Brock or Oscar or a running back over in part of that bootleg package to give him some protection, because I think Asante is probably going to be spying the quarterback quite a bit because of how bad the the run defense is. Mm-hmm. Um, but just putting emphasis on explosive plays, like I, personally, I think this is going to be a game that Georgia wins so handedly. That, like, if you have a couple three and outs because you're throwing 20 yard passes on all three plays, okay. Yeah, we can live with that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm good. And granted, just, this is this is probably the best defensive line that they faced so far this season as well. So, I mean, that, it's going to be a test, especially the first road game as well. I don't know. South Carolina's defensive line, as of the George game, really turned it around, I think, mm-hmm. especially if you look back at what they did against, uh, Mississippi State and Woody Marks there. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, even starting last year, I'm, I'm really high on Woody Marks and his ability, but they had a lot of tackles for loss against him. Yeah. Um, in Mississippi State last week. So I think South Carolina's defensive line, mm-hmm. like person to person, is probably better than Auburn's, but I'm not sure how much better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't want Carson to feel pressure a single time this week. That's my biggest thing. That's mm-hmm. what I want to say. Yeah, we want, want to feel to be better like about this seven offensive on line. seven practice. Yeah, so yeah, want to see it happen. <sighs> All right, we just talked about South Carolina. We're going to go ahead and move on to their game this week. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is going to Tennessee, who are twelve point home favorites, over under at sixty three. So. I'm sure most of you guys didn't forget, but if you have, um, South Carolina ended Tennessee's playoff hopes last year by winning this game 63-38 and running out of fireworks in Williams-Brice Stadium. Will it be? That was uh, one of my favorite moments of the 2022 season. Yeah. Favorite non-Georgia win of the entire year. Oh, absolutely. Um, I do still absolutely hate that Hendon Hooker got hurt in this game. Yeah, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because as part of the Tennessee Titans team, if he was healthy right now, they would probably actually be able to throw a forward pass and have a competent offense, but that's beside the point. He, he's on the Lions. Oh, I thought he got drafted. Oh, one of those white. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, Mayo Boy uh, uh, Levis. 
Ah, right, right, right. You know, one of those light blue teams that ne- has never yeah. won anything. Oh, damn. Uh, changes <laughs> this year. Changes this year. Oh, all right. So Tennessee does have the edge on points per game and yards per game on offense, but has also allowed nine less points per game in South Carolina. I will say South Carolina has – I don't even think it's an argument. South Carolina has played much tougher competition than Tennessee has at this point. Yes. Um, I mean, South Carolina has played North Carolina, which has, looks to have a very good defense and offense this year. Played Georgia, who obviously most of you guys know about. Um, while Tennessee's toughest game this year has uh, probably been Austin P. Um, well, well, Florida, and they lost that one. Florida, Florida, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would put Florida's defense probably on par or below North Carolina's defense. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shocking statement that I just made. I'd never expected to say those words out loud this season. Yeah, that's been their best unit, like for sure. Besides, uh, Pearsall making just ridiculous catches, but we'll get into Florida hey. later. I told y'all last year, yep. Ricky Pearsall was that guy. It's a shame mm-hmm. that he's on that gross team in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even if you were in our uh, week's, week one watch party where we had Bobby on, I was like, Ricky Pearsall is obviously the best guy on this team. Why is there not an emphasis to get him the ball more? And he tried to argue with me. but <laughs> Bob. Bobby, silly. <laughs> Uh, back to South Carolina and Tennessee. Um, so South Carolina and Tennessee are actually tied in turnover margin at plus one, both of them. Um, the biggest difference is Tennessee's turnover margin. Tennessee's turnovers came against the powerhouses of Virginia, Florida, and UTSA. Um, while South Carolina's turnovers came against Georgia. Yeah. I think there's a considerable difference there. Um, South Carolina's second string players did have one turnover against Furman, Mm -hmm. but when I really think that counts if you're not having your starters out there towards the end of the game, but no, no. um, South Carolina has been considerably better at not throwing interceptions this year than they were last year. I mean, Spencer Rattler had two incompletions in the first half against Georgia, and then last week against Mississippi State, I believe he only had three in the entire game. Yeah, um, Rattler, so yeah, Rattler's been doing much better since the you know the beginning of the second half of last year for sure. Like he's he's not quite lived up to the hype, but I mean he's he's a solid quarterback. He's playing himself into like a day two uh, spot in the draft next year. I think you could easily make an argument that he's one of the either one or two in SEC quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Yeah, you, well, I mean, you won't get an argument out of me. I mean, KJ is up there when he's when he's on Jaden Daniels. When KJ is, is trailing on. in a game, yeah. KJ is a Heisman <laughs> contender. Mm-hmm. You and just I need love to go KJ out there Jefferson. And say, you just need to start the game saying KJ, they spotted uh they spotted uh AM. 30 points. Seven points. Ten, well, any yeah. <laughs> two two scores. Yeah. No, I I mean, if you guys listen to us this offseason when we did our uh SEC programs as Marvel movies, I had Arkansas and that whole program as the original Captain America, one because Sam Pittman helped build a lot of these programs, mm-hmm. but two because no one hates 
Arkansas. No. Everybody loves Arkansas. Mm -hmm. We all want Arkansas to do well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, give me an Arkansas win this week. Give me a close game against Alabama. Those are the things that I need. I want them to just win in Jerry world. Like it's been, it has been really, really tough for them there. Like it's considering Jerry, uh, Jerry Jones is an Arkansas alum. You'd think they'd, I don't know, they'd do a little bit better there in his, uh, you, know, you think you uh, pump in some crowd noise, bring in some rain, leave the yeah. grass about a quarter inch too tall, all those things mm-hmm. Tennessee claimed Georgia did. Yeah, exactly. You'd think you'd think so. Um, so South Carolina, I already said that. Um, so I will say last week what um Chris Phillips talked about he hoped they would do for the Georgia game. They actually did against Mississippi State. Brought in a couple of those true freshman offensive line, and they showed a lot of improvement last week. And I do think that running back Mario Anderson seems to be emerging as RB1 in Columbia. I Just go back and watch that game last week yeah. against uh, Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State's not good this year. I completely understand that. But Mario Anderson was, like, getting hit in the backfield and still getting three or four yards. He was getting hit three or four yards and getting ten He's the kind of running back that South Carolina really needs to be able to lean on, especially if their offensive line can improve. For yeah, so this game. Go ahead. No, sorry. You're, it's, okay. N- never mind. You can go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, for this game, I don't know who wins. Honestly, I, I do think Neyland Stadium is a tough stadium to play in for most teams. I do think that – Tennessee probably has an overall talent advantage. Mm -hmm. Their defensive line, granted, they did get most of these sacks against uh, Virginia at up until last week, led the country in sacks and going against a South Carolina offensive line that is, has a history of being pretty bad. Yeah. But I think in a duel of former five-star quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler has the better day. And South Carolina, at minimum, covers that 12-and-a-half. I do think they could win, but I'm not confident in it. I think they cover the 12-and-a-half. So since I since I originally wrote this, the the uh, spread has gone down to 12. Are you still good with that? Yeah. Okay. I think so, it's much more of a one-possession game. Yeah. It's tough. I, I've been going back and forth on it. I didn't write anything down as far as, like, my, my thoughts on it because – I mean, Tennessee's got revenge on their mind. Are they capable of actually pulling it off? I don't know. 12, there, points, 12 points is a lot. 12 points is a lot. Especially for a team that is potentially handicapped at quarterback. Because Joe Milton, you know, looks good against, you know, well, Austin P didn't look good necessarily, but. He looked good against Virginia. That's yeah, it. which doesn't, means not, it doesn't mean a whole lot. So I'm going to go and with South Carolina. Sorry. Something interesting about this spread, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. This spread's at 12. The Georgia spread's at 14 and a half. So oh. Vegas thinks that the difference between Georgia and Auburn is only three points higher than Tennessee and South Carolina. I don't buy that for a second. It's kind of insulting, to be honest. It's more disrespect. I don't, I don't know if it's disrespect for Georgia or respect for Auburn or disrespect for South Carolina. I'm going to go with Georgia on that one. 
I don't know. I, that's just me. But um, all right. So uh, as far as I go, I was starting to say that uh, I'm not super confident in this, but I'm going to go with South Carolina. Um, again, the twelve point dogs in this uh, in this game. Again, not super confident in Joe Milton to to win them a game. And again, twelve points is a lot for an, especially for an SEC game, even if it is a kneeling. And again, and they brought so, out they initiated dark mode. If you didn't know, um, have they? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up in a second, but I you, typically when uh, Tennessee does their uh, specialty jerseys, it's you it, at least the last few years. I feel like it's been against Georgia at least when they you know play Georgia and Knoxville, and um, it hasn't gone well. I was about to, I was about to ask, do you think they bring out the black jerseys again for Georgia, or do you think they wear the Smoky Grays? Well, Smoky they haven't won. Uh, I don't think they've won a game in Smoky Grays against Georgia. So they might, if, if they, if it turns out, you know, if they play well against South Carolina, I don't know how superstitious or little stitious they are, but I mean, if they do well against South Carolina, I think they'd have to go black, even though <laughs> we're black against a team that actually has black in their uh, color scheme, but okay. Yeah. And you know, no shade to the Smoky Grays because I actually do really like those uniforms. I have yeah. the color orange. Yeah. But the gray and orange looks good together. So absolutely no disrespect to the smoking mm. grays. Yeah. But historically not not great against Georgia. Mm. Um So I think are, are we both going to South Carolina covers? Yeah, we're both going to South Carolina covers. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to touch the over under on that. No. 63 is a lot too. I I mean if I I'm not going to do it officially, but if, if I had to say I think it would go under, but I'm not going to not putting it out on the graphic. I I agree. No, I agree. I I do think that it's probably under, mm-hmm. but both of these defenses have the tendency to uh, just let a couple big plays go. And if that happens, you know, if mm-hmm. you're talking each defense gives up one big play, that's a 14-point swing. Yeah. I think that could easily happen. Um, you know what? While we're talking about big plays that have uh, 14-point swings, let's talk about Florida – Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky's one-point favorite, over under 44. If you don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to 14-point uh, swings, I'm referencing the fact that a few years ago, Kentucky left uh, Tyree Cleveland uh, uncovered against Florida for for uh, two touchdowns a couple years ago. Completely no one covering him whatsoever. That led to them losing this game. And an absolutely absurd way. I, if I remember correctly, I was driving back from somewhere watching this game on my phone and almost caused Kelsey to crash because I was screaming at Kentucky. Was that the first game they had won in the swamp and, and by breaking that streak or did they win one before that? I can't remember. Um, so they lost the game. They left Tyree Cleveland uncovered. Oh, Okay. They almost won back-to-back games versus Kentucky because, or versus Florida because they were up 14 points. Mm. Um, or they might have been up 10 and they gave up two touchdowns because why would you want to cover their best receiver? Like, that's just right. stupid. Yeah. Leave them open. <laughs> I will say that last season, Kentucky won this game 26-16 to in the Swamp, beat Florida at Florida, something that Tennessee has not been capable of doing since 2003. 
just throwing a little bit more shade at Kentucky there or Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kentucky has won two in a row, although Florida has dominated the series, winning 31 in a row from Kentucky between 1987 and 2017. That's just insanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, Florida is seven and three in the last 10 games against Kentucky, but this season, Kentucky's averaging 38 points per game, Florida 27.8. Kentucky averaging 395 yards, 412 for Florida. And they have actually a very similar uh, points allowed with Kentucky at 15 and a half and Florida at 13.5. Doing a little bit of a stat dive here. Florida is top 15 in both passing and rushing defense coming into this game. Meanwhile, Kentucky is tied for 46 passing and 93rd rushing offense. Which, that field. is very surprising considering Devin Leary being the quarterback for them and then uh, Ray Davis Ray being Davis. the running back. Like, that's I, – I, I can't comprehend how it's and, not come together yet. So, you know, I have recorded a few Kentucky games this season and gone back and watched them. Mm-hmm. I will say, as Georgia fans, if you haven't watched Kentucky play, if you think Georgia's gotten off the bad or slow starts – Go watch some Kentucky games mm-hmm. because they bring they make Georgia look like last season's Georgia offense. It's been rough so far in in the beginning of games. Um, I will say I still think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line throwing it back to our puncher's chance series where we talked to John Clay. Um, I, something we didn't mention with him, he votes for the AP poll. Oh, okay. We need to get him on next week. Yes, absolutely. Um, AP poll voter, writer for the uh, Lexington Herald Leader. Is that what it was? I think leader? so, because I had got it wrong before. Or Ledger. Ledger. Is it Leader or Ledger? I thought, whichever one we first said is wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either Leader or Ledger. We're kind Kentucky, of stupid. It's Kentucky.com. I knew yes. that. Yeah. Um. But when we talked about it with him, he said that the offensive line is still the biggest question mark on the team, which is kind of proven to be true at this point, mm-hmm. because Kentucky is 61st in passing defense, which is top half of college football, and ninth in rushing defense. Um, Kentucky is also 33 in sacks, while Florida has allowed nine sacks through three games. Um, in three games. I think I typed that out wrong. Pretty sure it's four. They haven't had a bye week yet. Can, Florida's allowed nine sacks in four games. Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, to me, this game comes down almost entirely to if Kentucky is able to shut down the run game and force Graham Mertz to win the game with his arm. And to be fair, he is capable of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. He has done it a couple times in his career where he has won the game by himself. The problem is he hasn't done it more than like two or three times. Mm -hmm. So if Florida has the run game stopped, lessened, I mean, they are, what I say, top 15 in the country in rushing offense. Mm-hmm. 
if Kentucky can slow that down and force Graham Mertz into some third and longs, Kentucky wins this game. And I have confidence in Kentucky to do it. It doesn't sound like it. (laughs) I'm going to take them. It's as much confidence as it is hope that they are undefeated coming into that game in Athens next week, get ranked, Mm -hmm. and and potentially college game day shows up. I think if Kentucky wins this game, they take Florida's number 23 spot. You got one versus 23 in Athens, 7 p.m. That is college game day written all over it. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, knocking on wood, Kentucky covers that one and wins this game. All right, so I'm going to go a little bit different, not because I want to necessarily, because I'm like like you, I'm not like super, super confident in either, either one, but I'm going to take Florida in this, and that's, again, painful. It's all can be, but... Like you said, I'm uh, ETN being the running back for this is really the my. I mean, it's kind of a tie for most things for me. But ETN is like the best player on the field for uh, for either team, and they've been successful even knowing that with uh, Graham Mertz and his limitations. So I'm gonna go with Florida. I don't feel good about it, but like you said, it's a pick 'em. They win, they cover, um, because they are one point underdog in this case, but. That will help um, our case playing them or help them look better going into the uh, cocktail party. So it's not it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for them to lose this game. Or, or it's yeah. a win win. I yeah. just don't see Florida having a one loss record coming into the cocktail party, but I could see Kentucky being undefeated going into next week. Yeah, yeah. So officially, I'm going to take Florida. Um, and that over under, I don't know. I can't remember if you said anything about it, but it being 44 seems about right. Again, if I, I, I don't feel confident, you know, fuck, I'm going to go to the under, under 44. I'm going to do it. I also, I also like the under, not enough to necessarily take it outright, mm-hmm. but I don't think 24 17 is out of the question for this game. Yeah. I just, I don't, I, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't feel it's one of those things where you yeah. don't trust either team's offense near as much as you trust their defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'll, I'll go under there. 44 seems about right, but yeah, like a 21 17 type deal. I think that's 44. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's gonna, I think it's gonna go under. I'm not a math guy, as we've talked about a lot. Um, you know, while we're talking about not math guys, uh, talking about the game at Ole Miss because Lane Kiffin can't read a clock, LSU <laughs> minus two and a half going to Oxford over under 67. I'll let you take this one because if I'm being honest, everybody, I didn't even really want to talk about it. Lane pissed me off so much last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a ton to talk about either with it um i'm gonna steal this term from a uh, part of my take and for anybody there's you no know, crossover listeners there um this is like the ultimate lo- loser leaves town game um we talked about at length on monday or the last episode about Ole miss you know shitting the bed um lsu is definitely capable of doing the exact same thing um they did that against uh, tennessee last year they did that against texas and texas a&m last year they did it against they did that Florida against State. they did that against tennessee at home last yeah. year 
Yes. And I mean, that game was over like right away. And obviously they did it against Florida state to start the year. So is Ole Miss as good as Florida state? No. I mean, we, that proved it, you know, last Saturday, but um, like I said, stats obviously don't matter because either team's capable of crapping the bed. I'm in this. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't want to watch this. This doesn't seem fun. Um, it hurts me to be off the old Miss bandwagon, but like just last week just crushed me. I can't do it. And so I agree with you, but if to me, if Ole Miss had lost that game because of them throwing the ball deep, getting an interception, Quinshawn Judkins getting stopped on a fourth and one, cool. Yeah. But yeah. Lane Kiffin substituting players in a late drive to potentially score and bring it to a one possession game. Like your coach gave up on you. Yeah. That, that says all I need to know. LSU, I two and a half is just absurd to me here. I I do not trust Lane Kiffin in big games. I wouldn't trust Lane Kiffin to sink the eight ball. I wouldn't trust him to hit the last shot and beer pong. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust him to I I don't know hit a free throw at this point if there was some pressure on him. I yeah. think LSU wins this game by double digits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel really good about that as well. I mean, it's definitely more than a definitely more than a three point game. I think if everything goes the way the, if everybody plays up to their potential, I mean LSU should win by double digits, like you said. Are you interested in the over under in this at all? If it being sixty seven, would you touch that? I'm not a degenerate enough to touch it with my money. Yeah. I am a lot more interested in the under than the yeah. over because 67 seems really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, For teams that I aren't mean, Washington or USC. 34-21 seems like a realistic score for this game. Yeah. And that's well below the over there. So I don't – off the record, under. Yeah. 100% under. Same. Same. All right, Notre Dame, six-point favorites at Duke, over under 52-and-a-half. And, Mike, um, I'll let you take this one because you did put a lot of work into these notes. Yeah, so before we even get into the game, because the game itself, I don't know if anybody's in that. I mean, it should be a decent game considering how Duke has performed so far this year. But before we even get to it, we got to talk about – continue talking about how Lou Holtz just – burying and bodying Ryan Day. We talked about it a little bit on the last uh, the last episode. But I'm going to read off the original quote that Lou Holtz said and then then say what uh how uh, Lou responded to Ryan Day after Ryan Day essentially, you know, and the post-game interview wanted to sound it sounded like he wanted to fight an 86-year-old man. <laughs> so, I right, wanted so to fight an 86-year-old man, but it's all been politicians, never yeah. a former head coach. <laughs> yes. Mhm. Not somebody like Lou Holtz. You can hate Lou Holtz for being at South Carolina in in Notre Dame, but what he, uh, again, you'll you guys will hear it here if you haven't really looked into it. But he's not wrong on anything he said, any critique that he said. No. So all right. So what? Uh. Okay. So what? Uh. Sweet Lou said here. So you look at Coach Day, and I and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won a national championship when I was there. I'm proud of that. However, he lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan twice, and everybody beats him because they're more physical than Ohio State. Um, 
While the headlines about Day's outburst swirled around the national networks earlier this week, Lou Holtz finally de- uh, Lou Holtz decided to officially chime in on Tuesday. So afterward, you know, after the game, he said, uh, Lou Holtz said, I can understand why he did. He doesn't want to talk about talk about Michigan being owned uh, being owned to against Michigan. He doesn't want to talk about the big game coming as coming up against Penn State and against Michigan again. Uh, Holtz continued, I think he's doing a tremendous job. Ohio State's a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. He can go after me all he wants. I understand Lou Holtz is old. Yeah. But he just dropped his nuts all over Ryan Day. It Okay, so um, I may be dating myself a little bit here, but I think everybody knows the movie Happy Gilmore. So, I I mean, you can you can just put, like, put their faces on a meme. Uh, Lou Holtz's Bob Barker, Ryan Day's uh, Happy Gilmore, and just Lou is just beating the shit out of him. I I love it, especially yeah. because if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how much I hate Ryan Day. Yeah, I think he is the softest coach in college football, born on third base and can't reach home. Yeah, I still he's I, still not hung a hundred on Michigan after he said that um, a couple years ago. Not even combined. I was about to say, not even combined. Yeah. Uh, I think I just not only gained a new level of respect for Lou Holtz, mm-hmm. but I think I might be a fan. I'm with you. It's hard to, again, it's hard to love a Notre Dame coach or an ex-Notre Dame coach, but. Or an ex-South Carolina coach. Yeah. But, but again, the uh, but enemy damn. of Miami is my friend. There we go. Absolutely. No, I, I love that. Lou Holtz is top two retired head coaches for me now. Mm-hmm. Who's one? Mark Rick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's soft spot. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to keep going? Oh, yeah, sorry. All right, no, so... Uh, so hope so. Just getting in more into the game itself. So hopefully Notre Dame makes sure they have enough players on the field. Uh, uh, the airplane, my bad, because they do to go to Durham to face the uh, Duke Blue Devils, who are actually tied for first place in the ACC. Uh, Notre Dame is going to bounce back. Oh no, you, this is you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts? So I again, if I, let me look at the over under real quick, because I don't even I don't know if I if either of us said it fifty two and a half. Oh. Hmm. So I'm actually going to go to Duke with Duke to cover, but I think Notre Dame wins. And again, it's, it's really, it's just all the uh, Duke offense. Like Duke doesn't have a a home field advantage, so to speak, although they did show out against, uh, against Clemson, but Notre Dame, we know that Notre Dame, especially for games that they're not going to be super competitive prices with, they'll show up to that game and be vocal. Even well, and I will. And one other thing about the game they had against Ohio State, it was not nearly as red as everybody thought it was going to be. Like it seemed like it. Notre Dame. Notre Dame had. Well, they learned their lesson. Yeah, I'm happy for them. I'm glad they finally did. Me too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with Duke to uh to uh, cover here. And again, I'm not not super confident on the over under for that. But Duke's in a cover. But I do think Notre Dame wins. So I think Notre Dame is going to bounce back big this week by beating number 17 Duke. I do think the holding home field environment does help Duke because their fans show up when they're good. 
And obviously they're good this year. They're undefeated right now. They beat a top five Clemson team. Um, granted, Clemson did just plummet out of the rankings after those first couple of games. But they were top five at the time. The problem for the Blue Devils, and I think this is ultimately what the game comes down to, 68th in rushing defense. And they're going to have to try to stop a running back, in my opinion, is top five in the country in Audric Estime. Mm. He didn't do that well last week, but I think a part of that was uh, coaching decisions and trying to throw the ball more versus trying to get him the ball on the outside. Um, and Ohio's, well, Ohio State's defense, it, I mean, for all the crap that we talked about, and I thought they were going to get exposed. They did not get exposed in that game. Ohio State's defense played fairly well. Again, what happens when you have 11 defend- defenders on the field? <laughs> when you have enough, it's amazing what you can do out there. Right. Um, I personally think Notre Dame wins this one by two scores um, just based on Audric estimate. I am, I'm a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. I had I didn't believe in him up until this year, but I really like what he's able to do um, with the ball in his hands, especially on the outside versus running through the middle. So I think that Notre Dame wins this one by two scores, covers the spread. Sorry, Audric, I was not familiar with your game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kansas at Texas who are 16.5-point favorites over under 61.5, which has gone down from 63. Mm. Neither of us put anything here because I think it's kind of I, I think it's kind of easy here. Texas at home, 16.5-point favorites against a Kansas team that has struggled at times this season. Mm. I think Texas covers. I do, too. I'm going to go – one up as well. I'm, I'm I end up having a lot of games, a lot of picks this week. I'm hoping to get back on track, but I'm going to go Texas as well. I'm actually going to take them to go over that 61. Oh, well. there you go. Because I mean, like I mean, Kansas, the Kansas, uh, you know, game over last week against BOIU hit for me, and that was one of my few dubs last week. So I'm going to keep. Did riding they end up winning Kansas. that game? I don't remember. Uh, Kansas did win because yeah, because this is a top 25 uh, game. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really the only reason why why I wanted to put it on there, just because it's ranked on ranked. But yeah, I'm gonna go for this go Texas because, there and the over. Yeah, I was about to say Texas is gonna just you know they're in DKR. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna win this game. They're gonna be Texas. running out of those ovaries in the in in the end zone. There, it's gonna be a time. All I'm gonna say is I love Austin. I you know. I don't want to hate on Texas. I love Austin. But this, the, the Longhorn logo, just them, the way that, I don't know, that, that whole thing, the way that shaped out, it just, it looks like ovaries. It's just. It could have uh, been done so much better. Yeah. It also could have been done worse. It could, it could, it could have been, yeah. But it could have been done a lot better. It would have been funny if they accidentally did it upside down. Wouldn't that be a bitch? It it's Texas in engineering school. But are they an architecture school? I was gonna say, Mike, they're a. I'm sure they're a cattle judging school. I'm sure their uh, teams won national championships. Them between them, them and A and M or whatever. But I actually think Auburn won last year's uh, national cattle judging competition. Did they? I know they're an equestrian school. I think Auburn won it last year. Hmm. They. Hmm. They just random facts, John. 
<laughs> they just love all things animal related, sports and animal related or animal sport related. I don't know. Well, they love animals. That's why they have three mascots. Mm-hmm. They're the, uh, what is it? The, the, the barn. Makes sense. War planes, tigers. Yeah. Silly, silly stuff. I know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I know we're both avoiding it, but you do have to make a bandwagon team pick. All right. So going forward, they are definitely not my bandwagon, but just paying attention to them. They're going to be my, if, uh, obviously we've cursed a little bit on this episode already, but you know, if you have kids, put earmuffs on, uh, fuck Texas tech, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. I'm taking, uh, Houston. They're playing Houston, um, in, uh, in Lubbock. The, uh, the over under actually went up to, uh, Texas Tech being favored by eight and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, the spread is eight and a half for Texas Tech. The over under is 51. I'm taking Houston plus that eight and a half. Um, because again, Houston sucks. Texas Tech's without their starting quarterback. I hope Texas Tech goes one at 11 and I'm just going to fade them the rest of the year because they make me look stupid, which isn't really hard to, to be, do, but they've, they've done it. To be fair. Last year, I picked BYU as bandwagon team in a sleeper playoff pick. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't go so hot. So in my first year with picking a bandwagon team, I didn't do well. Everybody's first – it's like a first-year head coach. You got to give them a break. I was going to so, go a different – I was going to go a different way with first, but I'm going to not do that. Yeah. It, you you get some grace with this being your first year having a bandwagon pick. Yeah. Um, this is my second year. Um, You've as you guys know, University of Washington Huskies, they are 18 and a half point favorites at Arizona this weekend, over under 67 and a half. I think Washington wins this one easily. Uh, Washington, Arizona just isn't good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost to a Mississippi State team that's probably finishing last in the West this year. It did take overtime. But they still lost to the team that's probably finishing last in the SEC West. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Washington should easily be a top five team. I don't quite understand how they're not yet. I, I'm taking Washington to cover the 18 and a half. I don't necessarily like the 67 and a half spread just because Arizona's defense has shown the ability to uh, to slow guys down at times. So I'm not 100% on that one. So I'm not going to touch the over-under. I will. Somebody said, I can't remember what I was listening to, but they had said that um, Washington, if for those that were wondering if Washington's good, if they're just a a product of a week ish schedule, I mean, Michigan State's trash, like we talked about, but they did beat Boise State. Um, I think they lead the country in what was the actual stat? Um, Game control. I think they've been up um, 63% of the snaps that they've played, they've been up by at least two possessions. They've been dominant. They've been dominating. So you you definitely picked the right bandwagon team. Washington to the playoffs. Yeah, I'm because you can't be confident in USC at this point. They until they uh I mean they're gonna beat Colorado. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, U dub looks like the most complete team. Um certainly out west, if not not in the country at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you want to go ahead and get into the best bets of the week. All right. So let me go back. And you picked more than me this week. 
which is saying something. Yeah, I I just got out of roll. I was looking at stuff and I just I was I was feeling good after a down a down couple weeks. Uh, so first one, Michigan State at Iowa. I learned my lesson about doing the uh, over with any Iowa game. So the uh, over under is thirty six and a half. I'm going under on that. It's in. I think that's a great bet with two dog shit teams. Yeah, they. Um, there's definitely going to be more punt yards than actual total offense in this game between the two. There's not that's a, doubt a solid that. prediction. Yeah, if the, I I don't know if there's a prop for that on Bet US, but if there is, I'm taking it. But the under 36 and a half seems good. Like I said, Michigan State it's quit. Um, they just they I think they just announced this afternoon a couple hours ago that uh, Michigan State is indeed firing Mel Tucker with cause. So they are formally saying that they're not going to pay him the 80. I think they said 80 million dollars that they owe him. So um, there's that. Iowa sucks as well. They uh, got shut out last week against Penn State under the lights in the whiteout. Uh, no one wants to be there. They'll wave to the sick kids, but the sick kids might not want to, might want to stick around for that. They might want to go play Xbox or whatever. Yeah, the sick kids might not even be at the window at this point. <laughs> they put the blinds down. Everyone's waving at them. It's like we don't want to watch this depressing shit while we're in the hospital. Like right, I'd rather I'd rather get my ass beat at NCAA fourteen <laughs> by, and deal by with Dwight. cancer than watch Iowa's offense. Who, who who was it? It was the Ohio State quarterback. Um, oh, what's his face? Um, was it Dwayne uh, Haskins? No, it wasn't Haskins. It was the uh, uh, Cardell Jones. Yeah, that whole story about him going to play with sick kids and then like said, "Oh, you beat them by like 80. He's like, "No, nah, I actually beat him by more than that," or whatever. Like, I I think that was true. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that was always either funny. way. It's a great story. Yeah. But um, all right. So yeah, under on Michigan State and Iowa under that thirty six and a half. Uh, staying in, well, I guess they're not the big, big 10, but, uh, Iowa state in Oklahoma. Oh, what did I, okay. Anyway. All right. So I took, uh, Iowa state at Oklahoma. They're playing in Norman. Oklahoma's a 20 point favorite. I am taking Oklahoma in this case, uh, just like just the entire state of Iowa, um, Iowa state with that, Iowa state actually lost to Iowa earlier this year. It was like 10 to three or 10 to seven or whatever. Um, so way under on that. But uh, Oklahoma, I haven't decided if they're good yet. I was kind of not too high on them to begin the season with, but they were um, they were able to beat uh, Cincinnati. Granted, it wasn't like a huge win or anything like that, but like this is more of an indictment on Iowa State than anything anything else because they're just uh, they're dog shit. But Oklahoma to win by three touchdowns in Norman seems about right. They're gonna it's gonna be a get right game for that offense. So I'm taking Oklahoma. Um, so, so I agree with you hundred percent on that. Honestly, if it were not for you putting your picks in earlier, I like, I looked through bet us and I was like, Oklahoma minus 20. And then I looked at the doc and saw you put it in there. So I didn't add it, mm-hmm. but it was one of the, like, I'm probably putting my own money on this on Saturday. Yeah. I like, uh, I mean, again, it's, it's more of an indictment on Iowa state, anything with Iowa or Iowa, Iowa state, I'm a, uh going under or uh you know whoever whoever they're playing taking it all right so i got two more real quick so uh usc is a 21 and a half point favorite at colorado taking usc to cover that winning by at least 22 uh in uh in boulder it's not a anti Dion thing by any means it's like, like we talked about earlier in the offseason we we're both high on colorado it's more of a them not having travis hunter thing yeah i mean, I mean colorado's already beaten their season win total have they? Like, I thought it was three and a half. 
I think they're. Just oh, I thought it was two and a half. They they may be. not it have. They definitely will when they play Stanford and yeah. either of the Arizona teams. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't get it confused when we're betting against Colorado mm-hmm. between last week and this week. We both still believe that we believe Colorado is a hell of a team, mm-hmm. but with these offenses in the Pac-12, it just it's it's a different story. Yeah, they 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 cannot keep up. I mean, yeah, we love Colorado. Want to see them do big things, but yeah, playing against Oregon, USC, Washington, they're gonna get just the crap kicked out of them. So we believe, just not against that upper tier of the Pac-12 in its final year. All right, and then uh, last one going you know, a bit outside the box here, going to the uh, fun belt here. Coastal Carolina's at Georgia Southern and. Uh, in uh, Statesboro, Georgia Southern's a six and a half point favorite now. Over unders at sixty four. Um, I do think Georgia Southern covers that. I think they can win by a touchdown, if not more than that. And and I think that I wanted to go with the over there too. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. No, I'm not. Just kidding. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> I thought against it. I've have to, I have way too many picks. Um, unofficially, I'll go over, but not not officially. Uh, but Georgia Southern, I do think is going to cover here. Um, their offense has been incredible Georgia Southern that is when they don't turn over the ball, which they've done a pretty good job of outside of the, uh, the Wisconsin game two weeks ago. Um, but the uh, coast Carolina has a mid offense and a mid defense uh, statistically uh, Georgia Southern has a dyna- dynamic offense when they take care of the ball and their defense is actually 32nd in the country. So it's not bad considering who they've played um, overall they're uh, they allow 32. I'm sorry. They allow 18.2 points a game uh, to opposing offenses. And like I said, Georgia Southern covers that six and a half. Um, just one other or two other little things about it. Um, I think the Sun Belt's by far the best G5 conference uh, this year. I don't know how you can really. I argue. don't think there's much of an argument. Yeah. And the Sun, the Fun Belt, the Sun Belt, whatever you want to call it, don't call it either or. Um, it's going to be won by one of the GSUs. It's either going to be Georgia Southern or Georgia State. Georgia State is on the cusp of being ranked. Um, so shout Deserve out. to be ranked. Yeah. They should be absolutely. I, I think I don't know what they are in the receiving votes for like the AP or coaches, but they they're not they're, the door. They're in the top thirty. Okay, I remember that. I think it's 27, 28, something like that. But no, I I definitely think Georgia State deserves to be ranked. Mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah, it's gonna be the Sun Belt's gonna be won by one of the GSU teams. But in my opinion, I'm hoping it's the uh, the real GSU Georgia Southern. Get Southern after that State. ass. Let's go. No, that's that's actually another one of those where if I'd gotten to it first, I probably would have taken that spread as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, it's only so, it's it's less than a touchdown. But yeah, do that. So for mine, I did kind of have to dig deep on a couple of these because Mike got to it first and uh, and and kind of stole some of my picks. I still might should, put money yeah. on them. What you should do is just just fade me for all your best bets. Because apparently, um, I've been. I've the been problem off. is the problem is I think you took I think you took my strategy this week. Oh, <laughs> which is what it is. But my first pick: Oregon minus twenty-seven and a half at Stanford, and it really comes down to Stanford is bad and Oregon is good. Mm-hmm. Like Stanford, Stanford is very bad. I, a few weeks ago, USC really could have scored seventy if they had tried. Caleb Williams only took one or two snaps in the second half of that game because they'd scored 49 in the first half. Um, 
And I really think there's no reason to believe that Oregon doesn't dominate this game after what they did to Colorado last week, because I think Colorado is better than Stanford. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So 27 and a half to me, that's pretty easy to uh, to lay those points taken Oregon. Next one is USC at Colorado over 73 and a half. This is probably the one I'm least confident on of my best bets, but USC game totals have averaged 75 points this season through the games that they've won so far. So I'm going to take the over here. And like I said, I'm, I'm the least confident about it, but I think Travis Hunter being out does hurt quite a bit. But they, this, I mean, this is the best quarterback that USC's played against this year too. So, I mean, Correct. Not, not, so, not having his best weapon. I mean, the, Colorado could still put up points, or at least they have the potential of doing that against a suspect, uh, USC uh, defense. No, I agree. And that's kind of why I did it. Because if, if I mean, let's just say 56, 24, like, I don't think that's out of the question. Yeah. And that, that, the lack of confidence in USC's defense and the confidence in their offense is kind of why I picked that one. Um, Next one is one that I am extremely confident in, and that's Penn State at Northwestern over 46. Okay. That's an insanely low spread for a Penn State team that's scored a lot of points in all of their games so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I may – we'll see how I feel on Saturday morning – may take Penn State to cover the spread here. It is 27 points. But Northwestern's not good. Mm-hmm. And Penn State, I think, is one of the two best teams in the Big Ten. So I I may take that spread. I'll let y'all know on Saturday. But I really like the over at 46 because Penn State has scored a minimum of 30 points in their worst game this season. And that was against an Illinois team that had a really great defense last year. Still have a lot of holdovers from that. And they also didn't necessarily play their starters towards the end of that game. So I think Penn State at Northwestern over 46, really like that one. Hmm. And then Mizzou at Vandy over 53 and a half. Are you sure about that? Didn't we talk about taking Missouri on anything? We did. Um, We also talked about taking Vandy on anything. But here's the loophole. This is not that I believe in either team. It's that I don't believe in either team's defense. <laughs> That's the loophole. So Too neither team's good on right. defense. And, you know, I'm sure we all remember when uh, in week zero, when Vandy gave up 28 points to a Hawaii team whose only wins this year have come against an FCS Albany team who they still gave up a few points to. And... They gave or they gave up 20 points to Albany, who's an FCS team, and then they beat New Mexico State, who is um very easily you can make an argument for they are the worst FBS team in college football this year. Yeah. Mizzou has given up 27 points in both of their last two games. I'm not a hundred percent confident on this, but I am confident that both their defenses kind of suck. That's fair. And that's where I'm at. Once again, I may also take the uh, Mizzou minus 13 and a half um, on Saturday. 
hoping it on it. I'm honestly hoping it drops maybe a point or so to uh, before before the game kicks off. But that'll all be on our graphic that gets put out on Saturday morning at nothing.finder.pod on Instagram. You ready to call the dogs? Let's call the dogs. All right, guys. This is the segment we're doing every week, as we've talked about multiple times. Give us your wildest, most ridiculous WWE-style promo for the game each week. Once again, Caleb Tillman called in at the phone number 678-465-8020. We would love to have some more participation there. But here is this week's Calling the Dogs. First of all, I just got to say, guys, it's lonely in this voicemail box. Can somebody else please call and leave some voicemails and cut some promos and have some fun with it? Because I am tired of carrying this segment myself. Y'all come join me. It's a lot more fun than it looks. Now, on to Auburn. Auburn with their brand new head coach named Hugh Freeze. A very fitting last name, Freeze, because Brian Harson left that offense completely frozen solid and unable to do absolutely anything. Funny how that works. But listen up. Their offense wouldn't be able to do anything anyway the way this defense operates. You can tell me about UAB all you want to. I think that was a fluke. You know what? It doesn't matter. Shut your mouth, Jabroni. This Georgia's defense is elite, and this Auburn offense wasn't going to be able to do anything against them no matter what. So don't even give me anything of that. But listen, Hugh Freeze, there's a chance in this game that you have. Auburn has a chance in this game. And their biggest opportunity to win this game comes down to the answer to our unknowns. Because, listen, I don't know if Carson Beck is going to handle his first real road environment well as the starter. I don't know if Lad McConkie is going to be out there playing and catching passes like he should be. And I don't know if Hugh Freeze is a better coaching hire than a literal monkey's anus would have been. But there are two things that I do know about this game as surely as I know that Gary Danielson has never once pleased a woman in his entire life. And those two things are this. I like driving in my truck and Auburn stuff. All right, guys, if you weren't able to hear it, whether it's through the live, whatever the case is, go check out the audio version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform you go into. It's at about the uh, hour and 28-minute mark. Caleb Tillman, once again, with another banger. I was literally laughing out loud over here. Uh, I was I was reading the transcript in the email because Google Voice does that. It, yeah. it, if you haven't looked at it, you need to go look at it because it's. I'll listen to it later when the pod, you know, audio version comes out, but I can only imagine. <laughs> I, the thing is... With what he said, I'm I'm sure that the actual transcript was accurate, and you just don't want to believe it. They called Lad McConkey Latin McConkey. Okay, well that's not accurate. No, but there's some other things in there. It's it's good. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No. It it's a good time. We would love to get some more people in this calling the dog segment. Once again, that phone number. Six seven eight four six five eight zero two zero. Um, closing it out here, guys. Um, follow the Instagram at nothing.finder.pod. The Twitter is at finderpod. Facebook and YouTube searches there. Rate and review the show five stars. Send us a screenshot. We will send you a sticker. 
we are going to be at the or at Starlin Yard in Savannah for the game this Saturday with the uh, Savannah area alumni group. So if you are in the Savannah area or just want to come hang out with us, come hang out. Uh, we'll be there with some stickers, maybe even some koozies. Mm-hmm. Not not 100% on that, but we may have some koozies. Um, some of the some of the black ones, not necessarily the slim can ones. But as oh, always, guys, remember there is nothing finer in the land. Than a drunk obnoxious Georgia fan. Third and a mile. Duggan from the two will throw it all the way across the field. It's picked up by Bullardy. Bullard got it again. And Bennett to throw. Lobs it to the right corner. There's McConkey. He got on his donkey and made a sliding catch in the right corner. Touchdown.